Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another 101 part-time jobs. After seeing their Rough Trade Instagram live thing a couple of months ago, 
I knew I had to get Bedroom on this podcast. Their record, the self-titled Bedroom, is absolutely phenomenal. Call it shoegaze, call it whatever you want, but it's just really fucking good, basically. There's a bunch of mixes also on their Bandcamp, so go and check those out. Ryan Smith joins me now to talk about working for his dad, to talk about working at the pub and how that was a bad idea at times and working at the cinema where he is now, as well as how he's dealing with from when they got picked up for a play on BBC Introducing. They're on a great label, Sonic Cathedral. They're doing some exciting stuff. And I think this was a cool, unique time to, to catch up with someone in that position. So here's Ryan Smith. But first, massive shout out to East London Signature Brew, who've been brewing beers with the likes of Mastodon, Idols, Slaves, Enter Shikari, and a whole lot more. You can look at those on their website, signaturebrew.co.uk, and you can get them delivered over lockdown. If you use the voucher code 101podcast at checkout, that gets you 10% off. And yeah, that's about it. Go well, enjoy. Here's Ryan from Bedroom. If you can subscribe and tell your friends about this podcast, that would be massively appreciated. I love doing this. I want this podcast to keep on going. I want to put out a few episodes a week. If you can help me do that, that would be massively appreciated. So please tell your friends or post online about it or whatever you can do to, to shout about it. Thank you so much. That's my project mobilization done. Here is Ryan Smith from Bedroom. Before I started press recording then, you said you've just got a shift coming up today. What, what are you doing today? Um, I work in a kitchen at a cinema. Oh, nice. Yeah. And those cinemas are having people? Yeah, yeah. The people are like coming back. It's like more scattered shift, um, more sense of like less like viewings and stuff like that. But people say it's just Tenet in it. Everyone just wants to see that film. Yeah, people do want to see Tenet. What's up with it? I haven't seen it, but it's got the it's got that one guy from the other movies. Oh yeah, yeah, him. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's all right. It, the hype was too much for me. I'm a massive Christopher Nolan fan, so like I was dead keen to see it. So the day it came out, and then I was just a bit. It's just he's just too clever for us stupid people. Like, <laughs> like not no one knows what's what's happening. Like I've even I've read about it, and still to this, it's it's just Inception. Right? Did you? I was, I was just thinking of Inception. Did you get Inception on the first or second time around? Uh, no, because I was probably stunned. So. Classic. But maybe, I, I finally do get it, but it's, ju- it's just odd time, isn't it? it? I think it took me about 10 years with the yeah. exception oh, to good. actually kind of understand it. Well, I'm glad you got there in the end. So Bedroom started off as like a, you know, I don't want to say solo projects, but it started off as, as just you, right? You were the, you were the kind of catalyst. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, uh, I'd been in bands before and... I just I was kind of done with like being in, like with well, not not being with other people, but just kind of wanted to have my own reign of creativity. So yeah, I just started doing that, um, just creating demos on my phone, um, and then got they got played on Radio One, and that was just when I was at work one time. I just got an email and it was just like, oh, I should probably get a band together. That's a great admission for for BBC introducing. It's something to say for the BBC introducing that that they're. they're they're finding great new songs, you know? Yeah, literally. I mean, I was absolutely like over the moon. You don't even expect to get played on your local introducing, let alone on the the big boys. And you played in bands before then. And so what year was it that you decided, I'm going to, I'm going to start working on this? Um, 
it was like I think it was like 2016 that I first started, and I, when I was just doing the demos, I was just like recording the names as like whatever date it was, and then like it was just like oh yeah, I'm in my bedroom, I'm gonna call it bedroom, and then I'm just not, and then just not have the vowels in because obviously yeah, it's quite edgy, but you never get think to the point of people are actually going to listen to you that much that us not having vowels in our name is then going to be like this massive thing i have to like <laughs> everyone's like oh what's your name or who like why have you got no vowels and it's like i literally didn't expect to keep getting asked this question so but it was nice i mean it's a, it's a good talking point i guess yeah right and a name's a name exactly subtract i'm sure i never got that these problems <laughs> So what? paint me a picture of your life around then, 2016. Were you living in Hull then? Uh, yeah, I was actually living, um, yeah, I was living in a little town called Beverly and I was just working at just like the local pub around my corner, which I somehow managed to blag the assistant manager's job there, which, Excellent. yeah, it was, it was brilliant, but I should not be allowed to have keys to a pub. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was just doing that and then in my spare time, just writing. Uh, I'd lived by myself, like, when my, well, it's my dad's house, but then he moved away with his, one of his women, um, and <laughs> left me with the, the gaff, and so that got a bit stupid. Stupid in what sense? It's just like being left to your own devices when you're not young. Um, we're not young, but... Well, you, it is though, isn't it? Yeah, to be, yeah, it was, well, I keep forgetting what you, maybe it was even earlier than 2016. Because I was like, yeah, maybe when I was like 20. But yeah, the I never went to uni or anything, so I was just always grafting. So like, I didn't really have the grasp of how to live. So like paying bills and stuff, that was just like, what's council tax? Like, <laughs> it's just bin money. Um, did you find it easy to kind of, I mean, did it come naturally to you to kind of have that balance, you know, you're, you're working to, I mean, did music feel like a genuine kind of prospect of, you know, your time? Yeah, I mean, it, it's always has been. Like, since I was, like, little, it was, like, just the, the only thing that I, like, really was passionate about, like, from a young age. And it was, like, my dad who, like, every time he used to pick me and my brother up on the weekend, there'd always be, like, a new CD in the car, like, even, like, Actually Monkey's first album, like, yeah. it's a footnote for everyone. Uh, even like the Wombat's first album, like when yeah, you when you yeah. growing up, like it's either that or I don't know who else. I want to say Tattoo, but even they're great. Um, <laughs> I was more into I got into the pop, like well, punk rock and you know pop punk before that. Uh, yeah, I mean, like even then, like I would, like I like a bit of everything, but it was always more the the big indie poppers that was the ones that was started out, which is right. And so did you find that balance of, you know, working to do that? Did that come naturally or did it feel like they were kind of rubbing up against each other, working at the pub and having those hours and probably, you know, after hours at the pub as well, right? Yeah, I mean, it was used to, like, after I'd finished work, my mate Joe, who was also now in the band, who was in the band before, we've always been making music together. Like, he'd come down after work and we'd just, just write music all, all night and just be like drinking Prosecco and putting Ice Cube demos on top of weird Jaws-influenced music because that's what was happening at the time. <laughs> <laughs> did the other band members, how, how did they come along and what kind of what kind of conversations were you having with them about the direction of it? Because I think it's quite often someone will start a band and maybe compromise 
their vision when other people join? Yeah, I mean, we, we first started, so like when when I was started writing, then we asked Joe and Jordan, my brother, just to come to the house and let's just like jam some of these demos that I'd been doing. And that was just in our living room and bearing them out of the living room was essentially a shoebox, which made it even more better, like more fun because it was just like, it felt more exciting because you've got that, you're just being the full DIY creative kind of stuff. And then us three started doing that and that was really nice everything just went perfectly like we were just really happy with how it was sounding and then we got like a a keyboard to just do the drum machine uh and then we thought oh no we actually need drums so then we had to we had a few interviews with some people interviews well we had some (laughs) some people came along to try and drum and it's just like we were there was some people that didn't really fit which was nice because like it was it was nice to that we knew that there was a certain way that we wanted it to go like yeah. they, they were good they were good drummers but they just were fitting our sound and then we got this uh, kid called Aaronin who was um essentially a metal drummer he was like the best drummer I think I've ever seen but you know just so intricate and it's just like so we had him for a bit and then we got Dan on synth who has been uh, one of my closest friends from I actually met him when I used to go out to um nightclubs and he'd stand behind the dj bit and uh, take requests for the song so i always used to go and <laughs> stand next to him pretending i was the fucking shit and like oh yeah i'll take your requests then this is me behind the booth and he's like i'm fucking 16 what are you doing <laughs> is that in hull that is in hull yeah what was the club uh it's called the piper it was just there was uh, an indie night there on every friday that was uh it was it was something it was definitely something. <laughs> what kind of options did you? I've, n- I've never been to Hull. What kind of options did you have growing up there, music wise and um, having fun wise? Having fun. There was, I mean, there's the Welly, which um, that was like your go to club for like people like in like indie music. And on Friday, they had like, actually, to be fair, like when I was like really young, they had Baby Welly, where you used to go after school on a Friday night. And they'd only sell like Red Bull and stuff, but and then they'd play yeah. like fucking Block Party and The Killers and all that shit. And you they can... get fucking buzzing on Red Bull. Yeah, in it, I'm fucking fourteen. I shouldn't be shouldn't be out <laughs> past half past eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, but yeah, no. Then growing up, they had like you had kind of two sorts of places to go. You could go to Spiders or Welly, which was like your more alternative routes. Or then you had um, what were they called? Position. And Sugar Mill, which were more for your Jaeger bombs and fights and bass on them. So yeah, there's there's two, definitely two different scenes. I mean, both are both are fun. Both are fun. Like right, I was going to ask, have you have you been partial to go to the bass hunter nights and? Well, uh, yeah. To be fair, I've I've I've, I've seen bass hunter live. That was that was actually like genuinely a lot of fun. What kind of options were you given growing up in Hull, finishing school? Um, well, it was either go to college or do an apprenticeship, in which case I did one year of college and I just got put in the comp, like of my, the people that I knew there, um, I was just put in like the complete different like timetable to them. So I just spent oh, no. all the time by myself, which isn't yeah. really like good as it is. Um, and then I think I was just like not ready for education. I was like, I was shit in school just because I didn't have the concentration 
or the, the drive to actually want to do anything that they were teaching. And I think that just came out in just being a little bugger. Um, so then, yes, I did a year at college and then I ended up doing an apprenticeship with my dad doing plumbing, um, which was also not for me. I actually got sacked by my dad. So, oh, really? Yeah. That Tell was, me about that. What's uh, the story there? Well, it was just, I was just still just growing up and like I wanted to go out on Thursday nights to Welly. And so I literally used to do the, I'm going to put my pillows under my duvet, look like I'm there, sneak out the window, go then. But then I was just so thick that I'd just never come back. And it'd just be like, it'd just, then it'd just be like, oh, right, Ryan's not here. And so, yeah, that kind of happened a lot. And also like, working with families never really that good because if you piss the other person off there's nowhere to like leave it so you're always like like if you were if i was like if he was a dick or if i was a dick at home then it's just work would not be fun the next day and vice versa i mean don't get me wrong there was some great times at the pub plumbing plumbing men are genuinely very funny plumbing men this is just shows how much i know about the trade Plumbers. (laughs) Plumbers. <laughs> I've done some labouring, and there, there's always a nice bit of money, but it's it's fucking being able to stand it and yeah. stand the people around you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, everyone was really nice. And to be fair to my dad now, like he's like he's got his own business and like he's absolutely thriving. So fair play to him. It was just at the time, I think we were both like he wanted to be like an artist. Like he was doing like painting at like the same time as um he was doing that. So he was like juggling a self-employed company while trying to pursue an art and raise a child who was probably not being the most helpful at helping him raise me. <laughs> And what was that? What was seeing that like? Because I mean, yeah, I mean, it's almost similar to being a being, being in a band, isn't it? Being being an artist, being a painter. What was mm-hmm. your perception of of him trying to do that? I loved it. Like he back in like the the, the band I was in before, he did like the artwork for it, and uh, he's really good. He's genuinely so talented. Like um, I had for his birthday, I bought him like some like a notebook and some like sketch like some canvases and stuff, so he could start doing it again. Because yeah, he was genuinely I could talented chap I think he just like I think now when you get to a certain age you just just like right I can't keep dicking about trying to do this thing that like maybe has passed um so this is why he's I mean plumbing is an art it's just yeah it's just pipes <laughs> <laughs> right and I, I guess almost the crux of the, the idea of these interviews came about is is from you know, having experienced it myself and, and knowing people who, who who have it where, you know, they go to work and they might be all right at work and everything's fine, but it's just not satisfying once you've once you've played music, once you've been an artist, once you've tasted that, mm. which just makes me think that I, I wonder if it's an ongoing scr- struggle just for so many people and, and whether people give up. I mean, I'm 29, so I, I a lot of my mates that are still in bands and have kind of, you know, just had to basically like, you know, bullshitly do that instead of anything else Mm. yeah yeah I I know you mean like to be fair I'm kind of like blessed in the fact that like working like obviously you've got you've got to work to make a living but going to work 
and then coming back makes being able to create more meaningful because you're not they don't get me wrong I'd love to do it full-time like that's obviously the dream for everybody but having the like right I've got to go do the proper thing then you come back and then you're like oh now I can actually do what I want to do just growing up in it and just slumming it for a little bit of recognition that 95 percent of the time you're probably not going to get but you've just got to keep doing it like for that and to be fair like at work I'm spend like the majority of my time because I work in a kitchen and it's so dead all I do is like listen to music there and I'm like writing while I'm there all the time so like I I get I, I don't have like that nine to five slumming it like which is I'm like feel very lucky for because I can imagine to a lot of people it really it is like mind numbing and it like will get you down and hurt your mental health like which don't get me wrong it does for me but like I use my time while I'm working to be creative at the same time if you get me for real and it makes me wonder as you know the sort of primary part you know you're the person who started the band I presume you write most of the all the you know the music Mm. does does all the admin come to you as well uh it did in the beginning yeah like I like in terms of like interviews and stuff like that like I'd take it on interviews man yeah yeah it's just all that stuff and like so like yeah I would do that and then but now it's more of a like a collective time Right. And is that something that you kind of learned to, to do? Did you sort of like, yeah, practice at it? In what way? In the way that I, I feel like, you know, going from one day to the other, you know, delegating these little roles. It's not as simple as that. Mm. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. To be fair, it did take like a lot of like, I'm not, not being funny. Like, obviously, when it started out, like to be my like solo project, I was a bit more um, like precious of it so like I feel like I'd have to take on like the majority of that but like as we've gone on I feel like we're not it's not a solid project we are now bedroom we're like a we're four people five people that's another story um and oh yeah 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 um no and um yeah so that just comes naturally like to be able to like have like the others input which is like more important to me than me just like sprouting the same shit every time someone asks me the same question. Like, right. I think having like, we want to be like seen as like a band rather than a solo project. And I, now I do not feel like that's what it is. I feel like we're now, it's just, we've just become us. I wonder if it takes a little time as well to sort of take yourself seriously Hmm. in that kind of sense that you know more than anything you're just smart about it rather than being like oh it'll sort itself out and then get a pint yeah literally I mean yeah you do you do just have to like starting out like everything's just a bit of fun and like you know but like obviously as things develop you kind of get a bit more not not complacent but like when you get like the same things coming at you it's um you do kind of not take it for granted, but like feel some sort some sort of pressure to say different things, where as every answer is generally going to be the same. Right in interviews, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Right, and are there any moments over the last sort of couple of years that like that really stand out for you in terms of moments that have 
changed your perception or things that you've learned from mistakes that you've made maybe um i don't know i can't really think to be fair man. i mean like there was like the, the one show that like that when we first like started out we played at tramlines um and that was that we that happened to like that was that sold out and we, we played with hairs and like so like being able to meet them like and playing like a sold out show like because hairs back in the day they were like we used to listen to them like a lot and they were just like because we were just quite uh, as as indie pop and whatever they were uh, they did they, they have carry a lot of mutual influences i feel and yeah. being able to like hang out with them they were just genuine like meeting people that you put on like a pedestal and then be around them and they were just as nervous as you were to go and play like the same show that was like kind of like it made us realize like no matter like how like established you may seem i'm sure everyone goes through the exact same thing so just like never take anything for granted and just enjoy yourself as much as you can because you don't really know when it's going to end and it makes me think like you know it's it's so good i mean something that i've learned growing up is that like i'm not really you know i ask my mates for advice all the time Mm. way more than i used to um and it's only really ever had a positive effect on my life do you know what i mean and I, i wonder if that's i wonder if asking other having you know having friends in other bands and seeing the way that they work and how they sort out their shit, mm. you know, that, that's, a, I wonder if that's sort of just good, good knowledge, basically, you know, good sort of professional, but also you're there to have fun knowledge. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you should never like take anything like in, well, in this industry for granted, because you never really know what's going to happen. You should just constantly like, just go by your, just, just do your own thing and like, don't try right. too hard to be like someone else. Like I've always said, like, being like sounding like somebody or something when people just say oh you sound like say to us we get you sound like dive and it's just like yeah that's fine like some like that to people that could seem like a critique but like why wouldn't you like want to sound like a band that's like inspired why wouldn't you want to sound like the cure for example so like yeah, to, to yeah. be able to like take that kind of like what could be criticism and be like yeah cheers thank you for telling us that we sound like someone who like genuinely inspired us yeah who who cares if they're a bit of an indie meme like that's not why you listen to music exactly like you could say the same about anyone like right right literally like post-punk sound like proto-matter so what it's good right (laughs) right and every band i mean i feel like i can't think of one band who's 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 been inspirational to a lot of people who don't have some kind of negativity from somewhere yeah yeah exactly like there's always like it's just it's where it's just taking it on the chin it's just like not being like bitter or like I think it's when you've got that deep down resentment or anxiety in you that you're maybe not progressing as well as you want to then that's where like you start to go in your own head that people are like making it's like digs it yeah but as soon as you like don't just don't listen to that and just feel like I want to make music like because I genuinely enjoy it like it doesn't matter what other people think that's when you start to thrive and I think it seems like that has kind of started to pay off and you, you can see that with bedroom and like it, it, I imagine I think it's probably quite hard for a lot of people to stay in that place and I wonder if you do you have anything 
you know, any particular records or any particular books or things that, you know, help you retain that feeling that you, that you can kind of keep, keep intact? Um, to be fair, like, I'm like, I'm not even that like big of a reader. Like I've only just, I just like read, um, I think in of ending things the other day. And that was like the first book I've ever like properly read. And to me, I felt like a, like the literary genius. Cause like, <laughs> it just seems like if you read, you're like so much more wise, but no, like I, it, with it, with like music, like I'm constantly listening to it, like whether it's, um, to be fair, there is a really good um, playlist on Spotify, which is like KXB. Then it um, automatically adds every song that gets played at the time. So I, right. listen, so I listen to that on shuffle, and like yeah. you t- there's such a diverse like like things coming through, and it's like nice because it's obviously across the pond. You're like getting a lot of like different genres that, and a lot of people you wouldn't hear like say if you just listen to your radio sixes, which. Don't get me wrong, like Radio 6 is probably the best station in... So but that would be my, um, if I could push any um, influence of what you should, if you wanted to find some new music or whatever, that would be what it was. Right. And everything's changing so quickly now. Hmm. And I want, I wonder, you know, keeping that, your finger on the pulse, as yeah. someone's stepdad would say. <laughs> it's like, do you know I mean? That's, that can only be a positive thing. I mean, I, I, read, I watched an interview with Odd Future, the, you know, a few months ago. Oh, and yeah. he was like, you know, he's just listening to new records every day and just tries to make two hours out of his day just listening to stuff he hasn't heard before. Mm, well, that's how, um, like, I feel like that. Like, I get to the point, like, when I've not listened to, like, I've not found new music, I'm just like, oh, no, what I, like, am I, I'm not going to be able to, like, keep, I'm just not going to like music anymore. I'm just going to be listening yeah. to the same albums over and over again. And then, yeah. But then, like, it does come in waves. Like, you'll go through, like, a month of just listening to, like, three albums like i know i listened to crack clouds album like on repeat this month now it's just like right this is my life now and then yeah oh man it's so good but then like this like these past few days just like finding individual tracks and like it's just been really like nice it's almost like a writer's block kind of thing like you think you're never going to be able to write again but then yeah if you stop trying then it'll just come have you have you experienced writer's block yet um well kind of like I'll start writing something I'll be like right this is awful and then I'll just stop and but I just kind of like sort of stopped forcing it now like if I want to like there's a certain feeling that you get like when you're like I'm gonna be able to like write something I could be able to smash out three tunes in a night and then sometimes you just go in and just it's not working and I think that's the best thing to do when you realize that it's not working just be like right I just leave it don't feel bad about yourself just yeah just leave it for a few days and it'll just come sweet well ryan thanks so much for for chatting to me on the pod for for this short version no oh, no problem man it's been a pleasure the the record sounds amazing and the instagram live video you did was was my favorite was one of my favorites of of the summer oh thank you man yeah we, we in, really enjoyed the that garden one. yeah yeah i enjoyed doing that it was, it was it sounded great mate and, for, and that was just fun recordings i was like blown away wow. by it. i think we're just gonna play gardens from now on <laughs> And going, it, you know, taking it through rough trade. I mean, for for me, for any of the accounts I follow, if someone's going to do a live video, I'm probably going to look at the rough trade one. And yeah, I've, we've been so like like grateful for like their support throughout the like campaign. It's like we didn't expect like that at all. So yeah, that was, it was really it's been really nice. Well, when you kind of look at the position that you're in now, having you know released a killer record that maybe some people might not even discover until you know later this year or even next year. What kind of position, what kind of direction 
are you trying to go in now? Um, What's the next thing? Well, the next the thing the demos that we've been writing now are like a lot. I'm not going to say like a lot different, but they're a lot more like they're influenced by different different artists, and I think they're a lot more mature. Like it's a lot. They're going to be a lot less personal. Not like there'll still be of events dark like of scene or whatever but it's not just going to be like a, a concept about a breakup i think and we're all going to be writing like i think there's going to be different members of the bands who are going to bring stuff um yeah um i'm really excited for it it's we don't just want to be like we don't just want to do the one genre like we're going to do kraut rock for the rest and there's <laughs> shoegaze that's the one yeah, we're gonna keep slow dive. rock oh man yeah yeah you yeah. had me there for a second i was like yes yeah <laughs> well there's a bit of crowd rock in there but Brilliant. just it'll be nice to um just yeah it was always nice to like surprise people and well whether or not that's gonna work in our favor is another story but yeah it's definitely it's definitely gonna be a something different excellent well, thank you so much, Ryan. And I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing those, those demos, what they become. Oh, brilliant. Thank you, man. Me too. Sweet. Cheers, Ryan. No worries, man. I've been working all day for me, mate, on the side. Running around like a blue-arse fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me, mate. Every bleeding minute I've been on the go. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in Bigger Than Ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.